the word of the Lord from Colossians chapter 3, verses 1 through 11. If you've then been raised with Christ, seek the things that are above, where Christ is, seating at the right hand of God. Set your minds on things that are above, not on things that are on earth. For you have died, and your life is hidden with Christ in God. When Christ, who is your life, appears, then you also will appear with him in glory. Put to death, therefore, what is earthly in you, sexual immorality, impurity, passion, evil desire, and covetousness, which is idolatry. On account of these, the wrath of God is coming. In these you too once walked when you were living in them, but now you must put them all away. Anger, wrath, malice, slander, and obscene talk from your mouth. Do not lie to one another, seeing that you have put off the old self with its practices, and have put on the new self, which is being renewed in knowledge after the image of its creator. Here there is not Greek and Jew, circumcised and uncircumcised, barbarian, Scythian, slave, free, but Christ is all in all. Grace, mercy, and peace be unto you from God our Father and our Lord and Savior, Jesus the Christ. Amen. The text for our gospel proclamation comes from a letter to the church in Colossae, which I just finished reading for you, and serves as the basis of our theme for the eighth Sunday after Pentecost, so others can be redeemed too. There's a right way, there's a wrong way, and there's the army way. When you're here, you're family. There's no I in team. I'm sure you are familiar with at least two of the three, if not all three of these aforementioned statements. These were concocted in the halls of strategic development, folksy marketing, and sports psychology for the express purpose of redefining the individual. In the military, this means seeing yourselves as a part of the unit and indistinguishable from the team. In the business world, it means showing the patron and the employee alike that the entire experience of the company will be defined by the core values of the company's culture. And in sports, well, let's be honest. It's so the team will win championships. A good team, replete of individual accolades, is commonly understood to be much stronger and more effective than an individual superstar with a weak supporting cast. One of my favorite examples of this was the Pixar movie, A Bug's Life. This children's movie showed the trials and travails of the ants. Every day was a struggle to store up enough food for the winter, and grasshoppers would terrorize the ants, demanding payment out of their precious gatherings. Each time they came, there was only a few grasshoppers compared to the hundreds of ants, but they were so scary to the little ants and so much bigger than the little gatherers of grain that the ants felt helpless to do anything but comply. Well, one ant did not always follow the company line and was innovating ways he could gather plenty of food and have plenty of leisure time as well. While his efforts were comical and ultimately not effective at all, he still served as a wonderful resource for a creative solution to the problem he unfortunately created 
when they realized they could not make the quotas necessary to satisfy the grasshoppers and feed the colony for the entire winter. He realized that the grasshopper's enemy was the birds. So they constructed a fake bird to scare the grasshoppers away and save their stores for the winter. But the plan ultimately failed with the climactic conclusion seemingly resulting in the grasshopper's punishment for resisting them. That was when the climax of the movie took an unexpected turn for the humble little ants. In the end, they realized that they were strong and quite intimidating when they locked arms together to fight back against the grasshoppers. And with the help of a real bird who took out the leader of the grasshoppers, they won the day and saved the colony. I tell you that to tell you this. When you realize you are no longer just a vulnerable individual all by yourself, but rather a part of something bigger, more powerful and supportive than you could have ever been by yourself, you get safety in family, community, and congregation. This is why there were massive walls constructed around the ancient cities in the Bible, like Babylon, Jericho, and Jerusalem. Behind the walls, the people could rest safely from fear of animal predators or foreign enemies at night. The people of the church in Colossae would be familiar with this reality and know, too, that their community rested in security, now garrisoned by Roman soldiers who protected their roads, aqueducts, and city from the fearsome pirates of the Mediterranean. But Paul under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, did not want them to rest securely in their community. He wanted them to know about an eternal congregation they were all a part of by faith. Too often, we rest so secure in the community we're a part of that we make it the be-all and end-all of why we live and exist. We live for that forever home. We're defined by our career and the wages that determine our self-worth. And we even put an undue burden on the community leadership to secure us, help us, and remove all discomfort. The temptations are real here in Eustis, Mount Dora, Tiberias, Umatilla, and beyond. Our community partnerships have brought amazing prosperity. Our cities have secured our safety, and we live in relative harmony. But there is still sin in these cities. Depression and despondence in our youth. Financial disparity and poverty lurks around every corner, carefully hidden by community planning, so we're not confronted with these issues visually. And never mind the ever-looming hurricanes and tornadoes that can destroy the most perfectly planned towns in a matter of hours. Sin is in our world, and always threatens to derail the peace and order we take for granted every day. So we look at our lives and say, well, that's pretty good, could be better, but it could be worse. And therein lies the sin. We believe our life, as we have it in this world, belongs to us. Paul tells the Colossians today and us with them, yes, you have life, but the life you have is Christ's life. If you're living, really living, you do not live in and of yourselves. You're a part of an eternal community that was created by Christ. How ironic that the way it was created was by death. 
And how even more ironically, Christ had to die alone to accomplish the eternal community we will never be forsaken in. Jesus took the punishment of the most vile criminal to be associated with the vilest of people, taking away the sin from our souls, washed away forever by his blood. And knowing that, confessing that, and truly believing that, we now have the faith of God. And the faith you have is not your faithfulness. It's God's faith. And that faith, be it just the size of a mustard seed in God, can indeed move mountains should God want it to. Look at the collective mountains of faith God's people have accomplished knowing their Savior Jesus indeed died for their sins. People of God by faith, taking the gospel to the four corners of the world to establish the largest world religion, a third larger than next contending world religion. By faith, traversing the mountainous waves of the ocean to bring the gospel to North and South America. By faith, conquering the jungles and mountains of Africa, where the populations of Christians now outnumber the Christians in America. And now they send us missionaries. This is indeed God's faith. And we certainly have work to do. For the works we do, as we learn from Ephesians 2.10, are God's works. For we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. So when you hear someone say, he's a good man, remind them lovingly, no, he's God's man. When you hear someone say, her faith is great, lovingly correct them saying, no, God's faithfulness is in her. And when someone says they really shine forth the light of Christ, Gently correct them, saying, no, Christ lives in them. Then we will help everyone see the real eternal team we're a part of. Then we will truly be enlisted as soldiers of Christ. Then and only then can we truly say this is God's family, because the life we have is Christ's life. The faith we have is God's faith. And the works we do are God's doing. The new Lutheran Life came out, and I encourage you to read it so you're up to speed on all our new leaders in the Florida, Georgia district of the Lutheran Church, Missouri Synod. There are some glorious tales of amazing feats accomplished in God's kingdom. But in a previous edition of the Lutheran Life is one story of a humble little church in Perry, Georgia, that did something incredible through the life, faith, and work of Christ in their community. 13 years ago, a little eight-year-old girl came to the church with her drug-addicted mother for a free meal they provided. Over the course of her time there, her mother ran afoul of the law and found herself in jail, leaving the little girl with nowhere to go. The church stepped up, and with the help of a couple of families and the pastor's family, they took the little girl in and gave her families to live with and support her. She attended Sunday school. She was confirmed. And after 13 years of loving her and giving her some place to live, 
The pastor and a couple of those church families went to Seward, Nebraska this spring to watch her graduate from Concordia with a Bachelor of Science degree in biology. This is what Paul is talking about when he says, you strip off your sinful nature and take on Christ. Just like this congregation took on this little girl and redeemed her life, so Christ takes on you and gives you the life, the faith, and the works to do so others can be redeemed too. Amen. Now may that peace which surpasses all understanding guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus always. Amen.